welcome to the Celebrating Scotland podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Kiefer. Whether you simply have a passion for all things Scottish, were born in Scotland, or you're like me and part of the Scottish diaspora that is 40 million strong worldwide, there's one thing that we all have in common, and that is our love of Scotland. Welcome to this very first episode of Celebrating Scotland, where we are going to be talking to Highland Games pro athlete Jarvina Rout. She's an amazing person. We had a ton of fun. So grab your dram and let's have a conversation. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. I feel like I have so many things to talk about and ask you about while also trying not to bombard you. But I mean, I I feel you're my first person, by the way, to be on this podcast. Really? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And so I thought, you know, I have, I have the website highlandgamesandfestivals.com, which is pretty much what inspired this whole podcast. And I thought, gosh, I want to have anybody on. It should be a Highland Games athlete. And if it's going to be any athlete, it's got to be Jarvina because you're like my favorite person to watch play sports out there. And I think here's why. And I think that anybody who's ever seen you compete before is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It's because when you're out there, you emanate so much joy when you're competing that it becomes infectious. I watch you play and I'm like, oh gosh, she looks like she's having so much fun. Like, I want to do that. That makes me want to try that. You could just tell you're having a great time. I mean, I could be yards away from the field and I can turn around and catch a glimpse of you on the field and I can see you jumping around. And I'm like, yep, she just did something she's happy with. (laughs) She's happy with that throw. (laughs) So I guess one of my first questions is, I mean, essentially is what inspired you to start competing? Like, did you have your own Jarvina? Like, were you watching somebody one day and thought she really makes me, or he really makes me want to get out on the field and start doing this? Because I know you did track and field in high school, right? Yeah. Okay. And then Uh I, if, if I did my research, correct, there, there was a break right yeah. like before. Okay. And then you started competing again in, was it 2015? Yeah. So I did seaside at 2015, but that was like the end of the season for like Highland games. So like I got one and I was like hooked and then they were like, Oh, well, there's no more games for the year. Like Mary in February. And I was like, what? All right. But yeah. So technically, yeah, I started in 2015. So was there like a particular moment or anything, just like anything in particular where you just knew, like you could just feel it in your bones that this was something that you wanted to start pursuing? Legit, like I want to say halfway. So we got a break and it's it's funny because when you first start in Highland Games, like you just, you don't know, like I didn't really have anybody to guide me and give me like some of like, you know, the newbie things like bring your own lunch right? Because <laughs> to get food through the festival is, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, my first, we didn't have like anything like as far as um, an umbrella, just little stuff like that. That's why I I like to give new athletes like a list of things and just like, you know, so they're more prepared than I was my first day. I had like the smallest little, you know, jawstring little backpack of things. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, when I went out for lunch, just looking around and lost and in awe of it being an entire festival. Cause you know, track right. just, you know, you're on the track and that's yeah. it. But people were like stopping me like, Hey, I saw you out there. Good job. And I was like, what? Like, Oh, thank you. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause with track and field, it's like my mom, you know, 
<laughs> that's cheering for you. So it's just when it's like, oh, I'm not just out here competing. Like I'm part of the entertainment. So yes. And I think that's one thing I, I'm not sure if anybody really knows, like not everybody is familiar with the Highland Games and festivals. So sometimes when I try to explain it to people, I'm like, okay, so there are athletics, which is the foundation. Like that is the core. That is the historic part of it that goes way, way back. Yes. Um, but then alongside it and certain events, because I know that there's sometimes there's um, athletics only events, but most of what we're used to, or at least I guess myself in particular, is there's always a festival alongside it where you have food and shopping and pipe bands and the Highland dancing competitions. And, you know, it's just like a whole affair for the family. And uh, gosh, and it's like, I was trying to explain to my brother-in-law because he, he's been to many Highland games and I'm like, I was telling him about you and he's like, so what's her sport? And I'm like, well, she does wait for distance. And I was trying to tell him, I'm like, but she's not just any athlete. Like she won the 2018 lightweight women's wise. Yes. Yeah. And she's a professional. So I'm talking about it as how do you become a professional? Because I don't know if it's like some other sports where you have to qualify by winning a certain amount, first place a certain amount of times, or you have to win a particular event, or in this case, is it invitation only that you become a professional? So um, it for the women, it's, it's really new. Um, really? I, yeah. So I mean, back in the day, I had to do like my own, you know, research and, you know, respecting and giving flowers to the the women who paved the way for me today. Um, so like some women who started throwing like in the 80s, um, we didn't have our own like weighted implements for women. It's like, oh, if you want to throw, hop in with the men, um, a lot like Scotland still today. Um, and so classes were established. And like now here in the States, we're pretty spoiled. Like when I was in Scotland, I was talking to a lot of the women out there and they were just like amazed that we even do it. And they were like, you flip the caber too. And I'm like, yes, so we have to do all nine events. Well, eight for them because Sheaf is not really contested in Scotland. But um, yeah, for as far as the pro women's class, it's still growing. Like we're we're still trying to establish like the guidelines because like the pro men's class, the way they do it is... Yes, there are kind of like guided standards as far as like marks, what you should be hitting, be able to handle a caber within that class um, to move up. And then most of the time it is invitational. Okay. If it's not like a, a national or a world championship where they're just picking, you know, the top 10 out of ranks there, they want people not only who can throw far, but who is like electrifying the crowd, who is, you know, like entertainment because you know not only are we throwing we're part of the entertainment of the festival so that's what they're looking for and so with the women we're still establishing games that can you know get us over there and can pay us you know to have a pro women's class I don't think I've ever really understood just how different it is for women to be competing and I don't even know how long women have been allowed to compete it doesn't sound like it's been for very long I don't think it was, um, and I'm just speaking from my experience. I'm, you know, of the younger, um, I don't even like to consider myself younger, but just thinking of it um, from way back when um, I'm coming into a very like privileged spot to, you know what I mean? Like I, I've thrown in the women's open class, I've thrown lightweight, you know, being a pro and getting invited and going to Scotland twice and like, and you've broken a world record. I broke a few as a lightweight. I did. All right. Yeah. So I know, I know you yeah. have the third furthest throw for the 28 pounder at 52, 52 feet and one inch. So what are the other ones? Oh, this is bad. I should have my numbers <laughs> ready. Uh, I know for sure the world record is, I believe, 55 and some change. 
55 and some change set by Jessica Bridenthal and Victoria, I think in 2019. Um, before that, it, it was set by one of my heroes in the games, Adrian Wilson. Um, when I started looking into Highland games and I just Googled it, like she popped up and um, I don't know if you're familiar with Adrian, if you look up her story, mm-hmm. she was, um, um, she's an amazing shot putter. Um, she threw for Auburn and she beat cancer. Oh my. Oh, during, wow. yeah. I can remember if it was her junior or senior year of college, but she was just feeling lethargic and, you know, um, and found out that she had cancer and, um, she's just very inspiring. Yeah, so totally. Yes. Say, yeah. And so she like dominated and continues to dominate like in the women's, uh, master's class. Um, but she set the record and I believe that was like 53 or 54 feet. Wow. Yeah. So that stood for it, a while. Are there Highland games just like exclusively for women? Cause I feel like I ran across one. Is it called Valkyrie? Yeah. So that that's put on by my local organization, um, SAAA, uh, Scottish American Athletic Association. Okay. And so, uh, we do games, uh, we did Seaside. We have a home opener that is not attached to a full festival, but we do it out in Vista and Valkyrie is in the same location in Vista. And I encourage you, I want to get a keeper in your hand so bad. <laughs> you throw so bad. So oh, um, that leads me to my next that- question though. I was like, so if somebody hypothetically wanted to get started just using myself as an example, since I am genuinely interested and I don't know anything about how to get started. Like what does a person do if they want to start getting involved? I usually, uh, I will connect somebody to a practice group near them. I am currently, well, now it's official because it's been posted, but I am running for uh, a position on the SAAA board. So, um, you know, once I get on the board, fingers crossed, everyone, please vote for me. I want to introduce like more uh, clinics, like introducing people to different events per clinic. And that way people can network when they come to them and I can get them connected to, you know, the practice groups in their area. It, it is difficult if you've never thrown before to even know where to begin. Since I did have a background, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too difficult for me. I mean, where, like, how do you find a coach? Where would one go to find a coach near them? So it's not really like coaches. That's the thing. Like oh, okay. some of these like pro athletes, like I um, worked with coaches in the past, but it's just, it's difficult. It's Highland Games practice style is it's usually like once a week, Saturday or Sunday, just a group of people. And I think that's, that's really important for Highland Games. So I, I train by myself, but once in a while, like I'll just go out to, you know, whoever, even if it's like an hour away from me, like I'm driving out just to have like community around me because that's sure, you know, like Highland Games, I I feel like for me, and I've, a lot of people probably feel the same way, but like to get within a practice group and just have like that encouragement from any level that you're at, like just having that support is like, it's really big. Yeah. You know? And do you have to qualify? I know you just sign up. Really? I, yeah. Even if you don't have a kilt, we have kilts for rents or I just let somebody borrow a kilt. Like, I, you know, want that women be like, I want to come on. Like, I got you, you know, do you want many or standard? Like, I got you. <laughs> You know, like we just want to get people, you know, out and, and experience, like you were saying, when you see me on the field and, you know, I'm bouncing everywhere. And yes. Even I was competing and one girl was like, what's so funny? And I was like, I'm just always smiling. Like <laughs> you are, like, you are always smiling. <laughs> to be out here, you know, like how blessed are we to like get to do this? 
you know, and I, I just appreciate it because, you know, like we said at the beginning, there was a large gap between me throwing. So like when I finished with college, like I was finished, like, right. yeah, I mean, I just kind of focused. I started running some 5Ks just to, you know, satisfy my competitive itch. And um, I mean, lost a bunch of weight because, you know, I'm not, I wasn't throwing anymore. So I was like, there's no reason for, you know. And then when my husband's friend connected the dots, yeah, it was like, hey, I think, you know, you'll be good at this. And I was like nervous. I was like, it's been like a decade since I've thrown anything. Like, so I was super nervous, but when I came out and just like all the people was just so supportive, like it, it's nothing I've ever experienced before because track and field, your own teammates are low key kind of rooting for you to lose, if they're <laughs> you, you know, but I've met like, you know, some of my best friends and sisters for a lifetime through this sport. So oh, that's so nice and, to hear. Yeah. That's why I, I, I encourage everyone like there's adaptive classes. But I mean, everyone, you took a 10 year break, but I mean, holy shit, you started in 2015, you were winning the women's lightweight championship in only a matter of three years. That is so impressive. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I mean, it really is. It was, it was very uh, much like, a, I don't want to say like a mental break, but I lost my sister-in-law to suicide. And oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's just, it. It, it was just like eye opening, you know, and just realizing how there are so many people like suffering with mental illness that have no control over their thoughts or, or actions or, yes. you know, they feel a certain way. And, and I was like, you know, I got this and I got this for Allison. That was my sister-in-law because she was very much of a, a you know, matter of fact type of woman, like yeah. a boss. And so um, when I was going through like, um, about of depression, uh, and lost her. And I was just like, you know what, <laughs> let's, you know, let's do this. And it just, it helped me like focus on something else. And, and through that in therapy, cause y'all, I know a lot of people be like, Oh, you know, the gym is my therapy. It's good, but it's not go see a therapist. Yes. So with that and the help from a therapist, uh, I just, you know, zoned in and focused on the sport and, and all the amazing people around me that, you know, kept me coming back and wanting to, to strive for better. Yeah. It's been a journey. It, it really has. And, and just experiencing like Highland games on like all the different levels that it has to offer. And, um, just appreciating like each throw. That's why I, I encourage everyone when, you know, they're feeling discouraged or like, Oh, it's, you know, this or that, like I'll pull out a video of when I first started like I'll show somebody of me, like, you know, the bar is like literally just set right above my head for weight <laughs> over bar, but I was jumping for joy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always tell everyone, like, you got to celebrate every victory, no matter, you know, how, how big or, or small. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like, what do you see for yourself in the future? Like, do you have any ultimate goal or you're just enjoying it being in the moment every single time? Or is there a particular competition that you're like training, working up towards that you really want to like go and just kick some ass? For for the level that I'm throwing at currently at, at the pro level, like I was fourth in the world last year and it was, it's, it's a bizarre feeling because it's like, um, I'm proud of myself, but just me as an athlete, I'm like, let's do better. Let's keep on. Of course, you that's know, the competitive side of you. Yeah. So I just, I've 
I just want to keep focusing on the, on the, the process. So that's what helps me as far as where I see myself. Cause I don't, I don't like to be like, Oh, well, somebody's doing this. I got to do this. I'm just like, head down, get your training in, you know, eat right, get your throws and get your reps in and trusting that process. That's when like everything starts clicking when it's supposed to. So I, I never go into a competition like, well, I'm always nervous. If you don't have nerves, you shouldn't be doing it. But right. um, as far as like self-doubt, I don't have any. You've done everything you're supposed to do. You 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 did the reps. You, you know, you you hit PRs in the weight room. You did so many drills. You're sick of them. Like now it's time to apply it. Let's put on a show and let's do it. So that's my same attitude that I have going into next season. So yeah, hoping I, you know, stay in the top 10 and and go to my second world championships. So do you find that ultimately who you're competing against is actually yourself? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I totally get that. Like, like when I run 10 K's or five K's, I don't care what, I don't usually focus on what anybody else is doing. I know, I know that I am not going to win this thing, but I do try to do better <laughs> than, you know, I'm realistic. I know this, but I do try yeah. to look at myself and go, but I do want to do better than what I did last time. Like if it's just even by a couple of minutes faster, like that's my ultimate goal every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you're not being inspired by people doing better than you, then, you know, got to got to check on on, you know, your attitude about it. Uh, Like I just think about some of the women that I compete with and like I literally get chills. And I think about like, you know, what they do, like across the board, if you're consistent, like everybody's going to have their bread and butter uh, events like mine, of course, is weights. but like Amarissa Handy is a shot putter out of uh, Arizona and like just watching her throw stones. Like I always get chills. Megan McKee is a, a three-time women's world champ and watching her throw hammers, like just thinking about her breaking the world right. record. After, like it's just chills. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it just keeps me inspired. And just like the love that I have for this sport is like unreal. And it's obvious just the way you talk about it is with so much passion. You know, I, I just feel like outside of making it to worlds and, and, and being great as a thrower, um, like my ultimate goal in all this is, is to leave this sport better than I found it. You know, um, it's given me so much and I hope to give like a hundred times more back to it. So that's, yeah, that's the main, main goals going into next year. Gosh, so I have to ask, cause I thought about this myself. If I had to ask a question, it, it would be, what do you think, just like talking to people who are not familiar with Highland Games or festivals, what do you think is maybe the biggest misconception about the games? Because like I know what my answer is, but I'm curious to know what yours is. Well, there's a few things that I've heard. Um, the one that hurt, hurt my heart the most is people thought that we were like, basically like LARPing. I don't even know what that is. What is LARPing? LARPing is like, no, there's Beck. I'm a total geek. Like I love <laughs> fantasy, sci-fi, all that, but like, um, like medieval swords, like foam swords in the park and oh, like, Oh, okay. Whole, like <laughs> other worlds. I didn't hear it, but somebody told me that a, a guy in the crowd was saying that our cavers were made out of foam. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are kidding me. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, <laughs> 
So we're all just really good actors because to, you know, sell that, like that light and tossing. But, you know, um, but no, we all train really hard at all levels. Yeah. Oh my God. So that does lead me to a side question because I also had to look this up. So just to show you just how little I know, is there a standardized weight for these things? I guess it's a standardized height, right? These things are like, first of all, when I describe it to people, I'm like, imagine somebody throwing something that looks like a telephone pole, but it's like they're 17 feet or right. That's the height of them. But I don't know if there's a certain weight because I would imagine it's impossible to make sure that they all weigh exactly the same thing. They don't. It it really depends on the class and the competition. Um, So, I mean, for the women's pro class, if it's an average not going too heavy or if we're doing um, two cabers. So if we're doing like a competition and a challenge caber, a competition caber will be like a little bit smaller. It will be anywhere between like 15 feet to 18, 60 to 85, 100 pounds for the women. Uh, for the pro men, I think the biggest caper I've ever seen is like 2140. Wow. Close to that. Yeah. I cannot even imagine being able to flip that. Yeah. Yeah. And if for but, anybody listening that doesn't know what we're talking about, it's a, it's a pole. It's a, I don't know how you describe it. It's a pole that it's not how far you throw it. It's about almost making, if you can picture looking down, it would be a perfect toss. So you're standing at a six o'clock position on a clock, and then you're trying to make it land at a 12 o'clock position, right? So it's almost just like a perfectly symmetrical flip. And it's so hard. And I think it's probably one of my favorite things to watch because it also looks so dangerous if that pole gets out of control and like it starts, the weight starts shifting behind you. (laughs) Like, oh no. That's one of the first things I, uh, I teach people is not even how to flip it. I teach them how to bail from it. So after <laughs> the <laughs> to like, how to not die while you're yeah, trying like, the paper toss. Any broken collars, you know, or you know, coming back up and hitting you in the crotch. No. <laughs> you know, um, I always tell people we got we got three tosses. You got three tries. You know, don't don't hurt yourself or kill yourself trying to like reel it in or, or just do something dangerous, like just push it away. I would say caber and heavyweight is my favorite, but caber is like, that's the staple. Like, yeah, I feel like that's like, a iconic. Yeah. You know, a part of the game. Uh, as far as misconceptions, I was going to say, there's a misconception that you have to be Scottish in order to go to any of these events or to participate in any of them. I'm like, absolutely oh, not. Yeah. And I feel like that's a common oh, misconception. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was like my first thing. I was like, hold on, you know, because I was like, I want to be respectful of this. So like I did my research. And then when I saw that they are contested literally everywhere in the world, like down, they have like a huge festival and, uh, and oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart because I'm nervous. That's what happens because we're both drinking. Yeah. For anybody, she's drinking. I think you're drinking whiskey, right? I'm drinking wine. (laughs) I'm just, I I thought we had some Talisker, but we don't. So I'm just sipping on some Johnny Walker. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, in Chile, uh, I want to get down to the, to that games. Um, Wait, there's one in Chile? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that on my website. I need to know these things. (laughs) I can add them. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, I've never been, but every time I like, I see it posted, I'm like, oh, I want to get there. That's gold. Uh, but yeah, when I saw that, they're literally everywhere in the world. And uh, 
when I came out to Queen Mary, that's when I first met um, Francis Brebner back in 2016. And um, he was just super encouraging. Was like, he, he like gave me this look and I was just like, oh, you know, I'm just that awkward type that doesn't know how to take compliments. So I was just smiling like awkwardly and then his face got serious. And he was like, no, like, I see it. Like you have a future in this sport. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm coming back out here. And it's, it's funny. I always say like, uh, either you're coming to the games because you are Scottish. So you already know, or being an athlete coming from track and field, you get into, get into it for the sport, but then, you know, respectfully, um, well, my husband was more excited to find out like if he had Scottish in him. So we did like the ancestry. Yes, and totally. Because I was like, I have more Scottish than you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you? Yeah, I, oh, I love it. That is so doing this, I found that out and I was like, okay, because my maiden name is McLean, but I was like, it's not MAC, it's MC. So I was like, that's more than likely Irish. It's not. So nope. I was like, okay. I was like, oh, I feel more legit now. But <laughs> I don't, I don't wear the tartan though. I wear uh, Marines. Yes, that's right. I was going to cover that. I think that's so beautiful that you like represent your father by wearing the Marine tartan. Well, I was, I was raised by him, you know, in, in that type of like uh, tough manner. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of my training and, and it, it shows uh, <laughs> at Seaside, we were taking down the standards and it's, it's takes a lot of hands to get this down. And, something happened where because it was in the dirt not grass one of the bolts came up and so it came down a little faster and I like sprinted and I just started like you know guiding people duh, duh, like yelling a little you know in a <laughs> um of course in an organized way so we can get it down safely and uh there was a gentleman that was throwing in the c-class and um I was calling him Tartan Twin because he he is a Marine. And he was like, all right, I see you showing those colors. And I was like, I'm not. A <laughs> he was, I was like, I was just raised by one. He was like, well, it's in you because the way you started commanding everyone. Yeah, it's your work like, ethic. Yeah, yeah. But my dad, he uh, he was a fourth degree black belt in Shotokan and very. Oh, wow. Ugh. So like, I feel like that comes out when I'm competing. But outside of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to ask, and if I get this wrong, I'm totally going to edit this out so I don't sound like a total idiot. But do you have a sister that competes as well? No, I do. I do. All right. I got it right. Yes. All right. Yeah. So what I is she it. up to? What is she doing? She is killing it in the master's class. Um, but when she started, she was holding her own. She's never thrown. And track and field, she was a jumper. She did high jump and long jump, and she did hurdles. Um, so she like, wasn't sure, but, um, our good friend, Beth Burton, who was, is an amazing thrower. She was like, I'll give you a kill. Like, come out here. Like no excuses. So her first games was queen Mary of 2017. And it was it, like, I, I was telling you earlier about my sister-in-law. That was the games that, um, Allison was supposed to be at. So I had a, a shirt on that said for Allison on the back and, and to have like my sister on the field throwing, like it was just like a very emotional day. Oh and yeah, she she's continuing to kill it. She plays third at Pleasanton, and um, that's a big deal. Uh, if if ladies and gentlemen and everyone, um, <laughs> Pleasanton is a big one. Yeah, you it's know? a huge one. Yes, yeah, to be invited to, but to make podium. So super proud, super proud of oh, you, Jen. I, I bet. Oh, that's great that it's like a whole family thing. Yeah. And wait, who did it? Who got into it first? So did you inspire her or did she actually start first? 
Oh, I started. All I right. started and then, um, yeah, got her out there. And I was like, if you put time, you know, get some practice in, practices in. And she did. And um, now throwing in the master's class, she she is up there and doing her thing. All right. So, yeah. Super excited. Hopefully she'll be able to make it to the uh, master's world's championship next year in Florida. So well, we'll be yeah. rooting for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. And uh, what, by the way, if people want to like find you, like tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram or on Facebook or on TikTok or any of that stuff. Um, mostly active on Instagram and on Facebook. I, I, I post, especially during the season, I post a lot on Facebook. It's J route thrower, um, on Instagram and wait, is it J route throw on Facebook? Look, I got <laughs> For anybody listening, I'm gonna put it in the show notes anyway. So I'll hook everybody oh, up. It's, oh, it's by my name. It's, it's Jarvina route on, um, on Facebook. Yeah. That's- <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. Well, you better finish that whiskey and drink it up. <laughs> I would like to say thank you so much to Jarvina for being my very first guest. I mean, literally my test subject. So thank you so much, Jarvina. And that's it for this episode of Celebrating Scotland. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on my website at celebratingscotland.com or on my main website at highlandgamesandfestivals.com, where I not only maintain an international community calendar for all Highland Games and Festivals worldwide, but I also put out a monthly newsletter filled with upcoming events, Scottish history, and cultural features. Until next time, Slanjava!